Hola, you're listening to the Life in Paradise podcast. Have you ever wondered what it'd be like to live in the middle of a developing tourism town? Sounds great, right? Well, it doesn't come without challenges. Like most people listening, I had a steady job, lots of stress, worked my ass off so I could enjoy vacations. One day, I came to the realization that I needed to embed myself into a vacation permanently, so that's what I did. Now my home is San Juan del Sur, Nicaragua. It's a small town on the Pacific coast with a population of about 15,000 people. I have a small sailboat charter business which pays the bills and leaves a bit left over to cover my habits. And even though we call it paradise, Nicaragua is still a third world country. So picture this, 36-year-old Texas guy and his two trusty Labradors are transplanted into a developing country and they're trying their hardest not to stick out like sore thumbs. These are the stories of what life is like, some good, some bad, but all entertaining. So sit back, relax, and live vicariously through me for about the next 30 or 45 minutes. And I promise you, this stuff can't be made up. I won't be around this old town. It more for a long, long time. Hit the roads are looking for the end of that long white line. Gonna hit the roads are looking for the end of that long white line. I woke up and my baby was gone Without her, don't get no home On the hit the road, start looking for the end of that long white line On the hit the road, start looking for the end of that long white line Went to the bank to get my dough I don't care where I go Gonna push that rig till I push that girl Out of my mind If somebody It is October on the Pacific coast of Nicaragua, and it is getting hot. What uh, what happens here in October is the winds will shift around, and more times than not, they'll be blowing what's called onshore. So the wind blows from the ocean back into the coast. And that's um, that's what happens in a lot of coastal towns, but where we are, it's a little bit different. Typically, the wind blows offshore, and the reason for that is because of the gigantic lake that's just to the east of us between the Caribbean coast and the Pacific coast. And so the winds come across the Caribbean going from east to west, and instead of dying out over land, there's this huge lake in the middle of the country, so they continue to blow on past that lake and then keep blowing out to the ocean on the Pacific side. And what that does is keeps all the salt and all the humidity back out away from the coast, which is great. But then when the wind shifts around and blows back the other way, it's not so great because it gets hot and humid. Rainstorms pop up. The waters are kind of rough. It makes sailing not quite as fun. Everyone gets seasick. So that's what's going on right now. I'm sitting in my room with all the doors and windows open, sweating, and just waiting for the wind to start blowing. So that's October, and the town pretty much shuts down. Um, A lot of the local businesses especially the ones that are gringo-owned, shut down. Everyone travels, takes off, goes home for October. But not us. We're going to be here. October for us is the month that we do a lot of repairs, do some upgrades on the boat, try to get it ready for the busy season. November will kick off. Normally the first part of November is kind of slow, and then the second half of November is when it really starts getting busy. And uh, we'll do tours five to seven days a week. 
then the first half of December is slow, and then second half of December through March or April is pretty busy. So we're gearing up for that. It's just like just when we get finished and we get to catch our breath, then it's time to start gearing up for the busy season again. So I'm not complaining, just telling you how things go here. I'm going to go through a couple things here, uh, and then I'm going to have the second half of the interview with Chris. So if you listened to last week, which was episode 17, you probably heard the first half. I'll update you with the second half today. I got pulled over the other day, and for the first time in my cop encounter history, since I've been coming to Nicaragua, they let me go with no fine and no ticket and no nothing. I don't know how or why, but it's one of these deals where you're driving down the road and they just randomly stop people. So it's not like in the U.S. where they have to have a reason to pull you over, but they just do a random stop. They check your license, they check your insurance. And then if you're good on both of those accounts, then they start looking for other stuff. They tell you to test your blinkers. Let me see if your lights are working. Hit your tail lights. Let me see if those are working. So they, they stop you with no probable cause. And then they, then they start looking for stuff. And so in this case, the guy pulled me over. I was like, how's it going? Tell them where I lived. And he's going through the routine, checks my license, checks my insurance, checks the registration of the vehicle. And then goes, okay, I, I need to see your triangle and your fire extinguisher. And here you're, you're required to carry both of those in your vehicle. If you have a flat tire, you have to put out one of those road triangles that kind of pop up and uh, the reflective orange looking things. And so I had both of those, and then he asked for a jack. And I happened to have a jack, and I said, uh, is, it a, is it a law that you have to have a jack in your vehicle? And he said, well, no, but you really should have one. And I said, okay. And I didn't want to ask him. I, was, I didn't want to say, well, are you going to give me a ticket if I don't? But I was just curious. Couldn't imagine a law saying that you had to have a jack. But then again, I probably could imagine it. In the back of the truck, I had uh, three or four trash cans full of grain from the little brew pub here in town. And they give me the grains to bring back home and feed the pigs. And so the cop didn't know what it was. And he's like, what is all that stuff in the back of your truck? And I said, no, it's just, just grains. He goes, what do you mean grain? I said, from the, from the brewery. And he thought I meant like from the Tonya brewery. He's like, the brewery's not over there in town. And I said, I know, I, the, the cerveceria in San Juan del Sur. And he didn't even know what it was, that there was such a thing. But anyway, so I saw it as an opportunity to start talking about pigs because I could tell he kind of lit up when I told him that I was taking it home to feed my pigs. He's like, oh, you have pigs? And I was like, yeah, I have four of them, three females and, and one male. He's like, oh, are they big? Are they, you know, are they hermosa is what they always want to know if the pigs are, which means beautiful, but everyone always describes them as hermosa. And so he was asking me, are they hermosa? I said, oh, yeah, muy, muy hermosa. He said, okay, okay. And he handed me everything. He's like, have a nice day. So I thought, maybe I should just drive around with a bunch of grain in the back of my truck, strike up conversations with cops about pigs and pig feed. And once again, I have sighted the abandoned vehicle that's become oh so familiar to me. It's a red, old Toyota Land Cruiser. And the other day, I saw it completely abandoned one time in the morning. And then at nighttime... I was driving down the road coming home. It was dark. It wasn't too late, maybe like 9.30 or 10 o'clock. Coming down the road, and then right as I approached something, I swerved around it. I didn't know what it was, and I slammed on the brakes, and here was this guy 
pushing his red Toyota Land Cruiser down the road by himself in the pitch black with no lights on and nothing giving off any type of reflection from my headlights. And as I pull up next to him, I say, hey, man, what are you doing? And he looks over at me and goes, man, every time I see you, I'm having car problems. And I said, I think you just have car problems all the time, and I happen to see you when you're having them. And he just kind of looked dumbfounded. And I said, how many times do you have car problems that I don't see you? He's like, oh, man, I don't know, but I got to get rid of this piece of junk. And I said, uh, how far are you planning on pushing this thing? I didn't bother to ask him why he was in the middle of the road. I asked him, I said, what, how far are you planning on pushing this thing? He said, well, I'm just going to try to get it where it's rolling so I can get in and pop the clutch and get it home. He said something about, I think he was a little bit inebriated, but something about his battery wasn't working right and he couldn't get juice to the starter at all times. And I didn't think to ask why he would have broken down in the middle of the road if his starter wasn't working, because obviously he got there somehow. Anyway, I left him to sort it out. I think he's pretty versed at sorting out broken down vehicles. I mean, worst comes to worst, he'll just leave it there. I guarantee he's not scared to do that. So that makes six unattended vehicle sightings for this one particular vehicle. I, really, I heard he's trying to sell it, and I really hope he doesn't, because I want to see how high the count can get. All right, I'm going to talk a little bit about money down here and the exchange rate and how it all works. So as of right now, there's, the government has the uh, issued exchange rate, the, the bank's rate. It's 27.3 Cordobas per U.S. dollar. And so it makes it kind of tricky to do conversions in your head because it was, it was really nice when it was 25. And in not too much longer, it'll be 30, and that'll be easier too. And the reason that I know that it's going to be 30 is because they have a pre-scheduled devaluation against the dollar. And so what that means is every month the exchange rate gets adjusted a little bit. Actually, it's, it may be every single day, but most people just go by the month or when it gets, gets to the next decimal place. So right now it's 27.3 and that'll be used until it goes to 27.4. And then even then, you know, sometimes there's different people will give you different rates throughout town um, so you kind of got to watch their calculator because you pay them in dollars and then they'll do their exchange rate and give you change in Cordoba so it's always good to know the current exchange rate because if you pay with a larger bill and they don't give you the the right exchange rate you could come out losing a couple bucks on the transaction but the interesting thing to me is that they they devalue their currency against the U.S. dollar so you're better off to hold dollars here um, over time the number of Cordoba's per dollar increases. So when I first started coming down here about four years ago, maybe five years ago, the exchange rate was like 22 Cordobas per dollar. And now it's already at 27.3. Um, and the reason that they do devalue their currency against the dollar is to protect them from fluctuating exchange rates because that could put them in a bind. Since they have so many exports, uh, the exchange rate gets out of whack for whatever reason and it puts all the exporters in a bind. So it's, there's a lot more to it than that. It's kind of complicated. I don't even claim to have a hundred percent understanding of it, but all I know is that it's scheduled to devalue against the dollar and it's better to hold on to your U S dollars. And another thing that's weird here is that, well, no one can make change for anything bigger than a 20. Usually there are a couple stores that, you know, that can break a 50 or a hundred, but most of the places in town 
will only accept twenties or smaller because they can't make change. So I remember one night uh, before I moved down here, I was just here visiting, and I ran into town to buy something. I don't even remember what it was, but it was only like three or four dollar item, and all I had was hundred dollar bills, and it was like it. 8.30 or 9 o'clock. And so I was running around trying to find someone to make change so that I could buy this 3 or $4 item. And I remember it, I failed. Like, I couldn't do it. I gave up after 20 minutes. I went to every store that was open and tried to get change for 100 and no one could do it. So that taught me the hard lesson of never have any bills bigger than 20s. So every trip that I would come down here after that, I would go to the bank, take out some cash, change it all to 20s, and then bring it with me. Because once you get here, it's tough to change the 50s and 100s. Another thing is, for whatever reason, they're real picky about the condition of the bills, whether it's a 1, 5, 10, or 20, or 50, or 100. If there's like any kind of little tear in it, or if there's any kind of mark, or writing, or ink blot, or anything, they won't take it. And supposedly, the banks, if they go to exchange that money for their own currency then they get docked for it. For whatever reason, they get like a percentage of the money taken off. So the reason why no business in town will take them is because then when they go to the bank, the bank either won't take it or will try to charge them the rate that they get charged for the misfigured bill. But when you do have, when you have like a big transaction and you're buying something that's, I don't know, over $200 or $250 and up, then they don't really pay much attention to it. When I bought my truck, I paid all in green cash. And the guy sat there and he counted every bill. but And I saw that plenty of them were marked or torn or tattered, and he didn't even take one of them out. So I think it's kind of a funny deal that, that when it's a small transaction, they, they'll get you. But when it's big, they kind of overlook it. But it's always funny trying to pawn those bills off. Like when you have one that's torn or, or got a little ink mark on it, there's the kind of like clever ways that we've all learned, like, you know, hide bills together or flip it over and put it on the backside. And then when you, you pass it off on someone, you're kind of like, yeah, I got them there. You know, because otherwise, if you're stuck with it, it doesn't do you any good. You can't spend it. So it's funny that we'll all sit around and compare our, our methods on how to pass off the tattered bills. And sometimes it happens to you. You get one and you're like, oh, man. And you're stuck with it and you got to figure out how to pass it off on somebody else. And that kind of brings up an interesting point. Everywhere I've gone, I've, I've done a decent amount of traveling and been to a f- few countries and across the ocean a few times. But everywhere I've been, their money is waterproof and it doesn't tear and you can't write on it. And I don't understand for the life of me why the U.S., like the leader of the free world, has money that gets destroyed. There may be some reason for it that I'm too dumb to understand But every other country I've been to, you can have your money in a pocket and go swimming and not worry about it. It's like plastic, and it doesn't tear, and you can't ride on it. It just—it makes perfect sense. I don't understand places that have bills that are different sizes. That makes no sense to me. So the U.S. has got that figured out. But if if the U.S., if we could just figure out how to make bills that didn't get torn up, I think it would be a better place. Because think about how much money is lost every year to bills being torn and destroyed and wet and falling apart. I mean, I bet you it's a sizable amount. So please write your local congressman about that. Nicaraguans are very comfortable sharing their personal space with you. And 
being from Gringo Land, we're not. We don't like. We have this little buffer around us that people get in, and we start getting all squirrely and squirmy, and don't really know how to act. But the same thing holds true here for vehicles and people. They will sit next to the road or on a curb with their feet in the road, in, in the main road that goes in and out of town, and people are traveling anywhere from 45 to 55 miles an hour. And there's no shoulder between the edge of the lane and the curb. There is about 18 inches. And people will just sit there, sometimes with their backs to the road, sometimes with their feet to the road. And you'll go by, and they don't even bat an eye. They don't flinch. They don't move. They're so used to it. You'll be driving through a neighborhood, and there'll be a little baby playing in the road, like on a little tricycle or something. And in the States, if that were to happen, like in the suburbs, like the mommy would run out there as fast as she could and scoop the baby up and, like, kick the tricycle all the way back to the curb so it doesn't get smashed and then, like, look at the driver of the vehicle as if they were doing something wrong for driving down the road where their kid was in the middle of it. But here, I watched this yesterday. I'm coming down this road, just a little back road in the middle of town. Two ladies were sitting on their porch watching their kids play in the road, and these kids were not a day older than four. And then I come up to them, and I'm like, well, I guess they'll move. So the kids were kind of playing, and they are moving a little bit kind of slowly, and I just kind of crept around them and went around them, and the mom just smiled and waved at me. And I just thought it was funny how they, they assume that their kids aren't going to get smashed. In the U.S., people assume that their kids are going to get smashed. And it's not uncommon to be driving down the road, and there will be a seven-year-old girl, or sometimes two seven-year-old girls, on a bicycle that's twice the size of what it should be for them, and they're riding down the side of the road with traffic, and they're not the least bit nervous. They don't slow down when a car comes by. They don't stop. They don't try to get off the road. They just keep on riding, and that's what everyone else does too. And it's just funny to see that compared to how it is in the first world, particularly the U.S. It reminds me of the guys that wear the skin-tight suits on the bicycles, the little teeny tiny skinny tires, and they got their helmets on, they got their glasses on, and these are the guys that think that the road should be shared. You should share the road with everyone no matter what, no matter what they do, whether or not they pay taxes, and they don't appreciate it. They think it's a right. Anyway, their behavior about how they ride on the road is the same way that seven-year-old Nicaraguan kids ride on the road. But I'm a lot more forgiving to the kids because I don't think that they think it's their right. So I'll get really close to those skin-tight bicycler guys in the U.S. and kind of scare them a little. But these kids, I'll, I'll make way and go around them. And I've never seen a kid on a bicycle with a helmet here. Okay, coming up is the remainder of the interview with Chris, who is one of the owners of Pachamama. I gave him a pretty extensive intro in the last podcast. So if you didn't hear that one, go back, check it out, listen to number 17, and then come back and listen to this one. Great guy, great friend of mine, hilarious, and has got a ton of stories. So sit back, relax, and listen up. Uh-huh. 
wake up Grab some cake and run, bake up Check my Twitter, little niggas still follow what I say And they knowing that it's real, so they put the fake up Eight million tailors later, niggas gon' hate us I'm always rocking that joy, Rich I pull up in a Porsche 911, you still driving that boy shit Smelling like the shit I just smoked Jealous cause you living life broke Mad cause my niggas all paid Riding to some shit I just wrote How like I was back in seventh grade When my cousin first passed me that dope Now I just pull up ballet, that's my man, he know I got the hookup Hopping out number six, J's five niggas look up We the gang, if you a hater, go die with them If you not, come get high with us I got a fresh new stash of endless cash Try to tell me that the shit won't last uh, I got two new whips and a brand new pad yeah. Try to tell me that the shit won't last I just gotta slow down the sad move too fast Try to tell me that the shit won't last I like lobster crab and crab and tatties Try to tell me that the shit won't last I said, oh So what's like what's a typical day in life for Chris? Like what <laughs> what's your typical day? Well, there's uh, the word of typical in San Juan is pretty. Yeah, it's dynamic. Yeah, it's for very sure. dynamic. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'd like to say I An get average up. Average day. Uh, I'd like to get up and. What time you get up? It ranges from like eight to the ten area. All right. Sometimes past that, depending on what time you got home the night before. Uh-huh. Sometimes. Who in the afternoon is not too bad. <laughs> and the hangover that you have. <laughs> so what's your average time in? First? Uh, average night to bed? I, like, uh, ooh. Average. I'd say three. Three? Okay. Yeah, three is average. Five's late. I try not to do the all-nighters anymore. I'm, like, I'm not saying I'm old by any means. 32. I'm not saying old. There's older <laughs> people out there. But I put in my dues. And I've definitely... <laughs> I've definitely, there's a lot of miles on this, on this make right here. <laughs> yeah. There's an 83 model, and there's a lot of miles on this model. So there's, I'm like, some people are like, oh, let's figure out. I'm like, fuck you. I am going home. <laughs> no, you're not. Yeah, watch me and turn around and just walk right you gotta go. home. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so average I, time to bed's three. I'd say three. So yeah, I'm, I'm usually up pretty early. I don't need too much. Like, usually up pretty early. I like to try and go to the gym or do something active. I've been pretty lazy for a while, but trying to get back into that. <laughs> I'm um, so using the gym for an hour in the morning and then checking at Pacha. Like, most of the morning stuff is done by, um, like, Lindsay who does most of the money stuff and all that. That's, uh, I'm not allowed to touch and look at that stuff. <laughs> Which <laughs> is fun by that's you, not right? That's my department, no. So me and Lindsay have a very good understanding. She does anything financially for me, and I'll deal with the party stuff and bring the money in. You just deal with it after, after that. After the fact. Yeah, I don't want to touch it. You just <laughs> tell me where it is and how much you save for me. Thank you very much. <laughs> and I trust you. And she usually can answer most questions for me when it comes to financials. Yeah, yeah no, that's a good relationship. It's just, not my, it's just not my forte, and I don't like to try and force something that's not my forte. Um, so we know, we, we know what we do pretty well. Um, yeah, trying to hit Pacha, see what's going on, and then... So, like, if you don't surf, which I don't surf or like the ocean very much, and people bother me on that a lot, I usually just end up drinking with uh, some staff and some guests around. Grab some drinks, go out, hit the town. You know, you're starting a party. At what, how, what's a better way to promote the party than having going around town, talking with people and amongst, and like, you know, flyers only can do so much when you walk around or walk around the street and hand somebody a flyer. Most times I grab it and kind of not, you know, trying to be rude, but you throw it away. You're looking at it for one second. It's like, man, I got so many of these. So, like, you know, four or five people in the crowd would be like, come to our party, you know, and talking to people. And so you can get other people involved. It's not just the staff. You have the guests throwing that, too. So you do common dress-up themes. Like, last Friday, I had a bunch of a 90s nerd party, and we had a whole bunch of nerds on the street. So where do these people get? Because I've, I've always wondered where they get the clothes and the costumes. <laughs> it gets, like, left behind. It's, like, generations of generations. Really? It's, like, generational clothing. Like, we got, like, a tickle trunk kind of area. 
Um, lots of other hostels kind of have that area. There's a lot of, uh, lot of thrift stores. Like Revis, I get some classic. I got most of my onesies there. And <laughs> you wear onesies? Yeah. Man, I wear anything. <laughs> as long as it's funny and people are laughing. I wear onesies, my uh, Winnie the Pooh and Tigger overalls that I have. <laughs> Um, some wigs, some other cool shirts and whatnot. I have a monkey shirt. It's probably my favorite. It's like a face of a baboon. Or not a monkey. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty sweet. It's a beauty. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the thrift stores here, and the beauty of that is so much XL, like a lot of stuff, because like, the grounds are mostly smaller. Right, which they have so all the big XL, sizes there's left. tons of XL. <laughs> yeah. so it's like, sweet, like, come on in. Nice. Like, normally, I have the biggest problem in that in Canada, trying <laughs> yeah. to find anything to fit me. Oh, I haven't even tried here. I just go straight to the States. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, fair enough. I just grab anything, anything that goes. Um, but yeah, so pretty much, I don't know, you've got to, t- you try to collect as much as you can. Some people take stuff, some people leave stuff. Kind of like a book, you know, you go in with a used book and you take a book, same idea with right. the, the costume mine. of some yeah, sort. Yeah, yeah. So you try and dress people up as much as you can. And again, face painting and glitter goes a long way in a party. Chicks dig it. Really? What's the wildest theme that you can think of? Like, if you know of all the themes, like, which one gets out of control? Or... Uh, it's so it's a hard one to, to nail down. It's not necessarily a theme. It's it comes the, to down to, like... The people? The people, yeah. The okay. people and the staff, especially. Like, the staff at the time, the decorating that you do. Like, we... It costs money to decorate, so you can't half-ass a decorating. And like putting up a couple things here and there, and some streamers is not really decorating. So if it's not a really good decorative party, you want to go a better dress-up theme, and you'd rather spend the money on getting extra dress-up stuff or something like that. But it really depends on the staff that get into it, the type of people in the hostel. Sometimes they're just not partiers, and they don't care to dress up. Sometimes right now we have we just had the last three weeks a solid crew of people that just, like, party animals, like, we'll do anything, all dressed up as nerds, all had good times, face paint, glitter, you know, just do anything. Be who you want to be, not who you're supposed to be, you know? So do you, do you, like, target, like, see that these are kind of, these kind of people, and do we need to do these kind of theme parties, or do you not? Yeah, like, I try to, it's hard to, like, to do anything ahead of time in this town is real tough to book any type of party. Like, you can organize a party a month, two months from now, it won't matter until three days before. Because it's a revolving door of people here. So, like, some will have the same people for three weeks. Or sometimes you only have the same people for one week. Or sometimes you have a whole group, like, a sweet party group for, like, three, four weeks. Then they all leave kind of together because they all, like, stay together, had a good time, and all leave at the same time. And then you got, like, nothing for a little while. So it always changes. So try to do it by the week. Like, usually have the Friday party, like, which is what the days we usually do our theme parties on, set up by, like, Tuesday or Wednesday. If we try and do something big, like we did a big uh, Saturday Night Live um, party with live music and a DJ, yeah, which was great. Like, sick party. It turned out super awesome at stage and everything. Only needed, like, really four or five days to, to get into it and to, like, really promote it. Anything, cause it's just like, and nobody that lives here does anything ahead of time. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, like, trying to, get any of my, trying to get your best friends to do something a day in advance is, like... Yeah, no. Send me your RSVP. Like, no such thing here. No such thing. No such yeah. thing here. Yeah, they didn't even respond on a Facebook invite. Like, <laughs> nothing, nothing, yeah. nothing. Yeah, yeah they, just, I, they I, don't I, respond and then they'll just come or, like, they'll say they're coming and they'll come. Like, I don't know. I do that I kind of every once in a while. Cause but I it kind of makes it nice because it gives you the flexibility to, to do it back. You yeah. Know? So at first, I was like, how am I going to play? But now I'm like, you know what? Like, I, I'm going to do it too, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
And you, so, so you don't like, you kind of lose like it doesn't get as nobody important. cares. Yeah, no one so gets worked up. Like, oh my god, you did not come to my party last night. Exactly, you didn't RSVP and you just showed up. Yeah. You know, it's like it's not a big deal. Like you probably don't get any food. I'm like no big deal. When also yeah. here is every day is someone's birthday, last, last day, day. Yes. anniversary, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like first day of their dogs, dog walkers, kids' first wedding. Like there's always some something sort of excuse to do something. So there's no worry if anytime like if you feel. Just like, you know, it's 8 o'clock rolling around and you want something to do. All you really have to do is go into town and maybe call two people and you'll find, find something somebody. to do. Like, it ain't that hard at all. No. Especially you're, if you're a social person. Yeah, walk to three or four different spots. And yeah. Go. Well, town's like three blocks by three blocks, like realistically for a tourist. Like, it's kind of, it's in, that's really all it, it is. For the, well, like, it's, it's a lot more than that. It's beauty and everything like more. But as far as being in town for food. Activity. Activity and like walking around and doing anything. You're not walking like. You know, walking Beverly Hills, you know, like Rodeo Drive for like 20 blocks or all those kind of things. You just, you walk up one street, take a right, walk down that street, take a left, take a left, you hook back around. You've seen it all. You've either seen all your friends or you've seen nobody. You go back to the start and you do it all again in an hour. Or you find someone that's working in a bar and you sit down and talk about it. You sit down and talk about it and then all of a sudden someone sees you and like you go from having one drink to having 14. Yeah. And <laughs> it's like for seven, it's seven at night having a nice classic pizza in the pizza joint and it's three in the morning and you're at someone's house. <laughs> you're wondering how you got there. Yeah. You're at someone's unnamed house in the hills with a bamboo roof getting <laughs> pretty awesome in a pool somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All the time. And then you're like, how did I get here and how am I going to get home? Yeah, and the next day someone sees you like, oh, I thought you were taking it easy last night. It's like, yeah, I told you that at 7.50 at 8 o'clock was a different story. <laughs> Things changed. <yeah. laughs> Things changed, man. It's been 10 minutes, bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's funny how that happens, man. Like, yeah. I've, I've never experienced that anywhere. You know? No, like that's what I mean. Like here, I've never traveled anywhere. I've never really, I've done a few little places here and there, but nothing. Yeah. And like, you know, I never really felt anything that like you feel here, the type of feeling that you get. When, especially when like, group, you get like, everybody's great in their own way, but you get good groups of people in and like, Everybody meshes when the staff is really good everywhere and like working in the mess bars, you know, everybody, you go to five different bars a night. So you're not only doing great things, you're supporting everybody in town. Everybody's getting exposure to everything. You know, like Friday night, man, you start at the, you start at Loose Moose, you hit Tiki Bar, you go down to Nacho Libre, say what's up, you know, kick over to work and sign on surf for a free beer and a free freaking glass of wine, hook around the corner to Republica, have a drink with Mikey there, you know, you go up the street, cha-cha-cha. See, see him out there and hook back around and go like, and then hit watch mama for the party. Like that's it's a route. It's a route for sure. Yeah, and that's one cent, one block. Right. Think about it. They're all on the same block, just on the other side. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's crazy, but yeah. it's cool. It's a cool vibe, you know. It's 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 like a lot of tourist towns in some ways, but in other ways, it's not. You know, like I think that the people here are just younger across the board. Yeah, you know? I mean, mentally. Yeah, even like the, the <laughs> gringo expats, people who live here. You know, typically in, like, tourist towns, you have older guys that have retired, but this town's weird because it's got, like, a younger generation of early 20s to mid-30s people. Yeah. You know? Oh, for sure. I think it's a great mix of both. Like, even the older people are mentally back in, or in there. They're here to be back, like, older's not trying to be mean. But, you know, you get older and stuff like that, but, like, fuck it. Some of the best partiers I know <laughs> are, 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 are veterans of the craft, if you will, and like, man, they out party any 20, 30 year old that I know, and they put them not just like doing it partying, but enjoying life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Instead of they're at home, you know, either not their pensions screwed, or they're not, you know, they're sitting there with no money, they're working at Tim Hortons or, or Dunkin' Donuts Starbucks. in the United States. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, yeah, I like feel bad, but they're here just like chilling, they just don't need chilling. much. Few dollars a day, you know, for the most they know how to they know how to do it. They know where to spend the dollars. Every day is the same, in the same spots. But do it, you know, like what better life to lead? 
having a beer, sitting, tr- talking to your friends, watching a sports game on the on beach. The beach. Yeah. <laughs> I can't yeah, pennies it. on the dollar, man. Yeah, man, you can't beat that no matter, no matter what, anything, man. Yeah. Anything. Yeah, but it's funny. Like, I say that this is a never-never land for grown-ups. <laughs> like, grown-ups can come here and you can act like a kid and you're fine. Agreed. You know? That's like that's what I'm saying. Like who, people, like people tell you what and you're supposed to be a grown up. Like we're parents. When are you gonna be a grown up? When are you gonna learn to be a grown up? Why would well, I? Yeah, like you have fun being a grown up. I'm gonna have fun being a child. You just enjoy yourself as long as I don't. I'm not in a Mexican prison somewhere or like <laughs> you know like yeah. running drugs on the high seas. Like I think my life's doing pretty good. So why can't I just do it? You go do what you need to do. I'm gonna go do what I need to do. Just let me go do it. So is your mom cool with things, or what does she? How does she think about it? Uh, my mom is the coolest mom in the world and loves everything that I do. But she works her ass off too hard, and should be where I am. Like I call this my retired life. People are like, "Oh, it's like I'm retired." What do you mean you're retired? You work? No, working doesn't. Not working doesn't mean you're retired. I'm retired because I wake up with the best people ever in the world around me in one of the best places in the world without a care. Cares are good. We got cares, but without a fucking care in the world, other than what the sunset's going to look like, where we're, where we're going to go eat that day. You know, I'm not worried about the fucking traffic, the weather, Mortgage. the mortgages, all that bull. Like, I'm not there. It's, it's like, pff, yeah. no, no, no. But she works her, she works 100 hours a week and all talks about retirement and RSPs and all this garbage. And like, fair enough, I get it. Again, society, especially the, the baby boomers or whatever they're called, you know, like that's what they're taught. Put your, give your money to the bank. Let them spend it for you. Make money on it. Don't give you anything and take your take money. Take your money, yeah. Sick move. Yeah. <laughs> like, whoever invented that was thinking. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, it doesn't, so, and, like, she works so hard, and, and it's only a worker, but I just wanted to come down and just play some golf. Open up, like, come here, let's buy some land, mom, and open up a golf course for you. Right. Does she want to move here? Does she have a desire? Uh, no. I don't, well, I don't know. She's never Actually, been here she's yet. never been? No. She does a lot of, like, already set trips a year. Like, she sees the same people kind of every year. She does, like, a 50-year-old. When they all turn 50 together, they still have a reunion for, like, the last X amount of years. I'm not going to say it on, on air. <laughs> 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 and uh, so she still, like, does that. It's like a cruise. and like, But she's, like, like penny pinch. Let's just spend everything on her, like, golf and anything she needs to. Like, but, man, I just want her to enjoy her life and not think it's just about that. It's amazing how cheap people can retire for here, you know? That's what I'm saying. Like, she thinks she's thinking back home-minded. You know what I mean? Like, she fully quit, back yeah. home. She's like, oh, talking to me here. I'm like, mom, like, see, I don't have enough money. And I was like, you take anything. You See, you get RSPs and GICs. You can't get your own fucking money back. Wow. It's all locked up. <laughs> well, I guess it's a Canadian deal. I'm not <laughs> yeah, it's a Canadian thing. I don't know what... I don't even really know anything about it. I just couldn't believe giving something i have one for yeah. four years now that i can't get out of i can't do anything <laughs> with it grows like 30 cents a year it's like sweet <laughs> i'm glad that i have my seven eight hundred dollars locked up like could do me way better you know doing something with it now but i can't get it <laughs> so so once she retires do you think she'd be open to well i hope so yeah. but there's not enough golf here oh she's a, big golfer. she's a big golfer for sure but i'm saying like you could be live here cheap and just book cheap flights to Florida and go golf for the weekend with yeah. your buddies. Like, what a better freaking way to do it. Cheap flights to get some sort of member pass with United, you know, earn the things. She's got fucking ear miles up the ass because she doesn't spend anything. And, yeah, I don't know. But there's a couple of places here, like Iguana's, Hacienda Iguana in, in Guacalito. Guacalito is like a beautiful course, $20 million course. I don't know. You're not wow. a golfer, though. No, I'm not a golfer, but I want to go see that Guacalito. I've heard it's, it's awesome. beautiful. 
I just, it seems to me like they overbuilt, like they're not quite ready for that. Don't get in there. It's kind of luxury. Large and in charge. I don't understand. Yeah, like you got to take a truck anywhere you go to anything. Like it's a five minute drive to the spa. But I don't know. I've never been in that kind of luxury life kind of thing. That's maybe what people want. I don't know. Yeah, I just think for this country, like, you know, there's countries in the Caribbean that are, you know, four or $5,000 a night. Yeah. But like everyone around them is the same price. Yeah. But here, like, that's the most expensive place in the country by far. Oh, and, yeah. And like people come here to save money. But, there, but that's like a different level of place because you get a lot of you know, people, there's a lot of, there's a lot of wealthy people in the country for sure. And this is like the vacation spot, you know, this is the Florida or the, the LA Miami. or the Miami or the wherever, like Mexico, well, not Mexico, but not anymore, you know, it's yeah. like that, <laughs> but like, it's like the vacation spot where people go and want to get away. You know, some people it's a 45 minute drive. Some people it's a couple, few hours, you know, people coming from. Managua has a couple hours, and you know they got tons of money over there, so they want to go somewhere that's, you know, keeps up with their keeps up with the lifestyle, same idea kind of thing, and nice. You know? I just don't think the property value. Like I don't think you could buy places there and make money. Like well, you're not supposed to. That's the whole thing. Well, if you, I mean, I for rentals, like if you thing where you like they get, I don't know, you're supposed to they give you like a value ahead of time of the ahead of value. Oh, really? Like if you buy. I don't know, it could be, no, yeah, I'm pretty positive I've heard this correct. If you buy, like, today, they give you a value in five years of what it'll be, and you have to sign a five-year guarantee that you won't sell it. That you won't sell it. X amount of years or X amount, whatever, but, like, they put a value on it of that year. That's so typical Nicaraguan. (laughs) I don't know. So So typical. I don't know, I don't know, yeah, I don't understand enough to really understand why or what that means, but. Yeah, so basically, so they, they do that so that people can't sell them at a lower price yeah. and drive the values down. Yeah, yeah it's tr- so crooked. But yeah, because yeah. in five years, who knows if it's going to be that way. Right, you could be upside down. Yeah, yeah you're like, oh, well. Yeah, I could be yeah. 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 That two years ago. Time to question our lifestyle. Look how we live. Smoking weed like it ain't no thing. So even kids want to try now. Then lie down and get ran through. Nobody watches them clocking the evil man, too. Faced with the demons addicted to hearing victims screaming. Guess we was evil since birth. That concludes the second half of the interview with Chris, which, keep in mind, is only the second person that I've ever had on the podcast that you know of. So I know it's kind of rough, and the audio's not all that great, but I'm doing my best here, so stick with me. The good news for you is that it's all free. So I'd like to thank Chris again for coming over, taking the time to record that. Uh, it was a good time, as always, and he said he'll come back. So hopefully I'll have him back on and we'll get some cool stories about some of his experiences. Thanks again for listening to Life in Paradise podcast. Check out our sailing company, NikaSailAndSurf.com, or if you want to send us an email, NikaSailAndSurf at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Keep it tranquil. Tell me how to win your heart, I have a but let me start by Get back as an adolescent Who would have guessed that in my future years I'd be stressing Some say the ghetto's sick and corrupted Plus my PO won't let me hang with the brothers I grew up with Trying to keep my head up and stay strong All my homies slinging yeah yo all day long But they wrong so I'm solo and so broke Saving up for some joys cause they dope I got a girl and I love her but she broke too And so am I I can't take her to the place she wanna go to So we argue and play fight all day and night, making passionate love to the daylight. Plus, we about to get evicted. Can't pay the rent. Guess it's time to see who really is your friend. 
Don't tell me you're pregnant and I'm amazed. So many blessings while we're stressing, looking for them better Hello. days. I've just got to let you know, cause I wonder where you are, and I wonder what you do. Are you somewhere feeling lonely, or is someone loving you? Tell me how to win your heart, or I haven't got a clue, but let me start by Now me and you was real cool, hell on them square fools Since back in high school, we was true, me and you Hardly part of the separated, we stayed faded Affiliated with gangbangers and still made it Up in the gym, mess with me, gotta mess with him Still dressing like grown men when rolling Out in the dark, smoking Newports, gaming marks Got a place in my heart, homie stay smart Locked you up in the pen and gave you three to ten I send you letters with naked flicks of old friends Hoping you well, I know it's hell doing time in the cells. You need mail when you in jail. And me, I'm doing cool. I settled down, had a family, working in night school. Every once in a while, I reminisce and I wonder how we ever came to this. I miss the better days. I've just got to let you know. Cause I wonder where you are. And I wonder what you do. Are you somewhere feeling lonely? Or is someone loving you? Tell me how to win your heart. For I haven't got a clue. But let me start by saying, I love you. Better I said this one out. Better days. Talk to homeboys. Better out days. Clinton lockdown. Hey. Rikers better Island. Days. All them dudes I was uh, locked up with. We're getting to the better days. E block, F block, better days, better days.